Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am, of course, Mr. Warren Hayes, and this is the the raw recap edition of a raw recap show of the raw after. This was, wow, this is a lot more difficult than I thought. Oh, you bananas. This is the raw recap show for the raw raw after WrestleMania, WrestleMania. Uh, which uh, WrestleMania 35, which happened uh, yesterday, uh, April 7th. So today that means that's April 8th. And thank you for being here. Thank you. I can't remember. That's a little better. There we go. Just like that. Eh. Thank you very much, everyone, for being here. I'm just doing camera adjustments because I'm doing this live, right? I do this live on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And, uh, and just because I do this live, that means that there are people actual living breathing individuals who decide who think who figure it's like you know what i've got nothing better to do on a monday night after wrestling than to come listen to some dude talk about wrestling and i really appreciate that we have a wonderful crop of people again here this evening with us we have of course the lovely the talented the uh, outrageous Kristen Ashley. We have uh, the uh, most handsome mod, Blaine, who's here as well. We have Mr. Fretz. Michael Stepney's here as well. Um, uh, Michael, there, there you go. We've got, we've, got, we've got a good crew. We've got a good crew in this evening. And we always have a good crew here live. I mean, you maybe if you're watching this live, thank you. And remember to give the video a thumbs up. That always helps. And if you're watching it later... Well, thank you as well. I mean, you know, that's why video on demand exists. I don't expect you to uh, to, to 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 maintain your schedule uh, uh, because of mine. You know, just you know, to to put everything into place so that you can absolutely positively watch the Warren Hayes show every time. That's why you can watch this at your leisure. But if you ever do want to come and check it out live at one uh, at some point, I always do these about a half hour or at least the Raw Recap Show. I do it at 11.30 p.m. every Monday night on youtube.com slash Hayes. And, and the chat, the chat is fantastic. It really is. It's it's very friendly, very cordial, very welcoming, lots of discussion. And a bit of silliness as well thrown in there because it wouldn't be the Warren Hayes Show without a bit of goofy nuttiness, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? So... So that's it. And, and maybe maybe you're not even watching this. Perhaps you're listening to this because the Mr. Warren Hayes show is also available on all podcasting platforms, including but not not exclusive to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, 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 Podbean, Himalaya. Go check those out. Enjoy and and, and enjoy listening to my voice instead of watching me with all my tics and all my little little nervous things that I do. I decided to put on a, a, a hoodie. Looks pretty nice, I think, with my Alistair Black t-shirt underneath. I think it looks good. I think it looks nice. And you see, if you'd be watching this right now, you'd be able to compliment me on uh, on my hoodie. You'd be able to say so. And I'm I'm pretty sure some people like it. I'm pretty sure some some people like it. Um, all right. So um, just before we move on, there, you know, there, I, I want to cover some stuff, and I, you know, and I don't want to turn this into a two-hour show. 
<laughs> tonight there'd be material to, to to stretch this out so i'm we're gonna run I, i'm just gonna run through the plugs really quickly it's really simple this week it's not like wrestlemania week last week where i had something pretty much every day uh uh tomorrow is tuesday smackdown live recap will happen at 10 30 p.m eastern center time again on youtube.com slash mr warren hayes so be sure that uh, you come and check that out and i promise tomorrow i won't tweet out the wrong links then on Wednesday, I do my 205 Live NXT NXT UK recap show over on Fightful Select, the premium service of Fightful, the uh, which is your tip-top uh, uh, combat news sports website that you absolutely have to uh, that you absolutely have to uh, get into 100. percent uh, it, it has your wrestling, it has boxing, it has MMA, and then Fightful Select is the premium service. Starts at $5 a month. You can go check that out. There's a whole bunch of extra content, extra podcasts, such as my stuff, such as my uh, retro reviews that I do with Sean, Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor. Sean also does the Fightful Report every Wednesday. There's Steven Jensen, who does the uh, Weekender, which covers all non-WWE programming. Uh, and then yeah, there's dark match commentaries. There's little news scoopsies or previews as well that happen there. So go check it out. Select is is fantastic, and you can get all that extra content for five bucks. There's uh, there's uh, um, uh, uh, rewards, also physical rewards. There's ah, there's so much stuff. It's just look, oh, I'm already out of breath just thinking about it. <laughs> so um, so that's one thing, right? That's uh, that's one thing. The uh, uh, and that and that'll be it for this week. So I'm sort of thinking, no, that's not right. That's that's false. Well, actually, I'll be recording. Um, I'll be recording an episode of uh, Revisionist Booking with uh, with my buddy RJ. Uh, he uh, he was he graciously invited me on his show. We are going to be uh, reviewing uh, uh, WCW rebooking, I should say, uh, WCW Spring Stampede 1997. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. We're, we'll be recording that uh, later this week. I'll let you guys know, of course when it's out there but in the meantime you can go check it out at revisionist uh, booking you look for it on twitter uh and i'm very very happy rj's having me on should be a lot of fun it was uh it's one of those wcw shows isn't it it's just one of those so it'll be uh it'll be a lot of fun uh it'll be a lot of fun to do i'm looking forward to it oh rj is in the chat and he says thursday yeah are we recording thursday or are we i think we're recording thursday right rj there we go. Oh, and and Kristen Ashley in the chat also says that this weekend there's another episode of The Division on Fightful. The Division, which is the women's uh, wrestling podcast that, uh, that Kristen uh, manages and takes care of and hosts. And uh, so there'll be a new episode up this weekend as well. Crazy stuff happening. Lots of stuff going on. Even if it's not WrestleMania week anymore. Man, WrestleMania. Wow. Wow. Okay, and we are recording, by the way. RJ confirms. We're, we're recording. So I'll, I'll just follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes if you're not already. Mm. And you'll you'll know when all this good when all this good shit starts popping up. You'll find out immediately. Just just be there. So um so WrestleMania happened, right? It was a big, big show. I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a good. Uh, I thought it was a good show. I thought the um, all of the. Um, I thought most. Of, uh, I thought the good really outweighed the not so good. And I don't want to say bad. I don't think there was any anything really terrible. I am. Um, 
I thought that, um, well, of course, you know, Kofi win, winning the title is quite possibly the... It's quite well, it is the moment that we will all remember from the show extremely fondly and that we are going to talk about for years and years and years when uh, when talking about WrestleMania 35 as well. Well, that's when that's when Kofi Kingston won the title because what an incredible match. It was a solid result. Uh, It was the result that we wanted as well. The outcome that we wanted and that should have happened. It was fantastic. I thought the opener with uh, Seth and uh, and Brock, that uh, that beatdown, and the um, where basically Brock, where Brock Lesnar got Brocked, basically, you know, like when when Brock basically creamed John Cena and uh, took out Goldberg really really quickly. That was essentially it. It's karma, baby. That's what happened there. I really liked it. It was a perfect way to open the show. It got me fired up. Got the audience fired up. We knew it felt like we were in for something special, and that's how WrestleManias that's how WrestleMania should should start, right? They should start off on a really hard, high note like that. I thought it was a perfect way to start off the show, um, and um, well, you, you know, I'm thrilled to the gills. Do people still say that? I'm happy, really, really excited that uh, Becky Lynch is. The uh, the double title holder, the champ champ. Again, there was no other outcome possible in my in my uh, in my view. You couldn't have, you really couldn't have taken it any other way. Um, so good for her, good for us as well. Because again, that is it. That is an outcome that we uh, that we deserve. That should have happened. Of course, I don't know if you've heard. There's controversy over the ending. Uh, you know, some people there's. <clears throat> There's reports that came out immediately after that that was not the planned finish. Um, maybe the referee was a little too zealous in counting the three count there. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of stuff going around. Um, but uh, one thing's for sure is that uh, is that Becky Lynch did end up winning, and that's fantastic. I I also liked um, I also really liked AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I thought they they had a great match. It told a great story. But the the two two of the four pre matches uh, pre show matches excuse me revival versus uh, Ryder and Hawkins and uh, and the cruiserweight title those were great fights those were really really good um, I'm surprised that Tony Nese won the cruiserweight title I really thought that they were going to keep it on Buddy Murphy and have him have a long extended a really really long and extended reign but uh, but no and uh, and I'm a Tony Nese guy. I love the guy. I'm really, really happy. I was just, I'm, I'm still a little bit surprised. Um, and um, I'm, uh, as far as uh, the tag, the the Raw tag title went, fantastic story that was told in the ring for a match that had no build up. The audience was really into it. Fantastic showing by everyone involved. I dug it. I dug it. So uh, no, it was. I thought it was a, a good show overall. Uh, one of the better, I liked it better than last year's WrestleMania, for sure, for sure. So, um, but if you want all of my uh, more in-depth thoughts and also further analyses of the show, well, I was on the uh, I was on the um, the WrestleMania post show over on Fightful last night up till about two a.m. Boy, was I tired. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you can go check it out over there. Uh, I joined Sean and Alex, uh, and Alex Pulowski and we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, so, so yeah, feel free to go, go check that out. It, a, it really was a good time. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, well, uh, you know, I guess, uh, I guess we could uh, just go ahead and jump in and start talking about the raw after WrestleMania folks. Why not? Why not? Oh, there's a lot. Of, there's 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 more people in the chat now. We've got CM Phil who's jumped in as well. How you doing, CM Phil? And I said, yeah, I saw RJ popping up a little earlier, and uh, Anthony from Smart to Death is there as well. Robert Larry is here. So glad to see all you guys. It's always always a pleasure to have the crew here. So um, so let's get to it. Let's start talking about Monday Night Raw. The Raw after WrestleMania, it's always a special moment. And of course, it has to kick off with Seth Rollins coming out with, uh, with the title. He takes his sweet time coming out, walking to the ring. He's taking the time to live this moment and with reason was a big deal. He, he comes to the ring, the chant is, uh, the, the audience is chanting, we deserve it. And he says it's been, a, well, not that the, the, the audience is chanting, uh, you deserve it, but Seth says that, no, 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 we deserve it. This has been a long time coming. He says that he was, he feels like he was hit, he's hurting today. Feels like he was hit by a Mack truck. He says that after the show, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar were t- getting in a flight, heading to Vegas, which is where which is potentially where the next UFC or Brock's UFC fight is going to take place, isn't it? Uh, and um, so he, uh, so basically, you know, he says, basically, you know, they can go there. And if it was up to me, they can stay there as well. They are not going to be missed. Seth calls himself the reigning, defending, fighting undisputed universal champion. And he says, might as well start tonight with uh, with a challenge. And then all of out of nowhere, first surprise of the night, the New Day's music hits. That was very cool to see Kofi with the title, his first outing officially with the title on Monday night. I thought that was nice. It was good to see. It was good to see that. Um, he. Uh, he he comes to the ring and basically he says yeah, that last night you know was cause for celebration you know Seth defeated Brock and uh, he says that uh, his dreams would not be deferred to win his very first WWE championship and everyone gets excited and Big E does a full split Big E does a full leg split in the middle of the ring now i have i don't know like, my legs are a third of the size of Big E's. I have no idea how he pulled that off. I have no idea how he does that. That's just weird. So Kofi basically comes, is in the ring here because he 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 reckons, you know, that what happened 
last night with the women's title, you know, the unification, a winner-take-all match. She said, wouldn't that be nice, Seth, if we had a winner-take-all match tonight for your title and my title? And Seth accepts the challenge and the place goes, bananas. And with reason. With reason. That's crazy. It was uh, it was uh, something that none of us really were expecting, and we all got really psyched for it. And boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, did we pay for our excitement later on. But we'll get to that a little later on. Oh, Blaine says it's a lot of stretching. That's what uh, that's what C, that's what Big E has. That's what you do to be able to do the the splits like that. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> First match of the night is we have uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, your new Raw Tag Team t- Champions versus The Revival. The match starts with uh, with Dash Wilder connecting with a big elbow to Kurt Hawkins. You know, I I'm sure you've all seen by now the uh, the video of the uh, the Bret Hart um, incident at uh, at the Hall of Fame. I wonder if you saw that one video where they're carrying the they're, they're, there's about eight people holding the guy and carry they're outside of the little ring stage area and they're carrying him out and you have da- uh, Dash Wilder who's walking next to him and he just wallops one right into his face Ooh. he just uncorks one and we're all like hmm so I so I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be funny now if if you know, Wilder's in ring punch became something of uh, uh, became part of his arsenal, something that you know would knock people out just like that. But then again, WWE doesn't want to reference that event anymore, and understandably so, it's their house; they can do whatever they want. And I don't see why we'd want to give it more attention than uh, than it it's received. So no, you know, Dash Wilder won't suddenly become. A, a knockout artist. Not with his fists, anyway. Um, Dawson starts uh, picking Hawkins apart, and then we see classic uh, revival slash heel work, keeping Hawkins uh, away from his home corner, far away from his buddy Zach. The revival hit a heart attack. Uh, back from commercial, uh, Ryder finally gets the hot tag, hits a missile drop kick, broski boots on both members of the revival. Uh, hits a diving top rope elbow. Uh, no, actually, Hawkins hits a diving top rope elbow. Covers Wilder, but who kicks out at two? Hawkins tries to play uh, possum for a little while, uh, pretending that he's uh, pulled his hamstring or something. Uh, he uh, to basically allow for a quick roll up, like he did last night, but it doesn't quite work out as on the pre-show. Hawkins eats a brainbuster on the floor by Dawson. And we get a combination burning hammer knee drop by the Revival, who cover Zack Ryder for 2.9. Double suplex is reversed into a double neck breaker by Ryder. However, Dawson avoids the neck breaker by hanging on to the top rope. Uh, he battles then Ryder into the corner. Hawken tags in. Uh, but the Revival hadn't, haven't uh, noticed that uh, Hawkins is the legal man. They hit the shatter machine on Ryder. But Hawkins rolls Dawson up for the win. 
and Ryder and Hawkins continue winning two wins in a row for Kurt Hawkins. Is this going to be the new streak? Is it going to be the reverse streak now? 200 plus wins? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. This is a fun match. I thought the guys worked really, um, they worked really fast paced. Um, I thought they worked a really fast pace uh, throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire match. I thought it worked out really well. Uh, Anthony from Smart to Death likes wants us to know that uh, revival is actually southern is a southern expression for jobber. Just so just so you know, make sure that uh, Chris Spizak from the Spies and the Benchmark Show knows that as well. Uh, Mr. Fred says burning hammer knee mustache mountain right. Yeah, I have mustache mountain pulled that one out quite a bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, there we go. Webby is here as well. How you doing, Webby? Good to see you. Good to see a lot. I'm, I, it's, you know, what's cool about, about what, what I, what I do here. I'm going to, quick parentheses, really, really fast. When I started doing these, I'd record them and then upload and, and I'd, I'd record and then upload. Then I started doing the live thing. And of course, you know, you don't start with an audience, instant audience when you start doing uh, doing your show live. You know, it does take a t- it, it takes a while. And for the longest time, you know, you know, I basically talk into a microphone and I'm essentially talking to, to myself, right? I'm just throwing stuff out there. But knowing that they're, knowing that the chat is here and that I can sort of turn to them and sort of have like this minimal form of interaction, it's silly you know, it's not it's not as if I'm actually having a conversation with someone, but that connection is still there, and it's good to know. It's good to feel that there are, that 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 you all are there, and you're and you're you're ta- you're, you're you're chatting amongst yourselves. You're talking, and then I can turn to you and it's like, hey, hey, what am I missing out on? And sometimes there's a bit of that. It's like, oh, I'm missing out on something. And they're they're talking about breakfast cereals that I can't I can't get involved because otherwise it would just derail my show. <laughs> but I'd I'd like to be talking cereal with you guys. Maybe I should do a special stream at some point where we just talk about breakfast cereal, where we rank top breakfast cereals. Oh, that'd be a good idea. Mm. All right. Next, um, next we are going forward with Baron Corbin, who comes to the ring. He he gets a proper announcement, kind of like the one he got last night. Former assistant general manager, Golden Gloves boxing champion, former U.S. champion, former Mr. Money in the Bank, and Brooklyn's favorite son. Uh, he's he says that he's uh, he's listened to people say uh, over the past few weeks that he that that uh, Kurt didn't deserve his last match to be against him, but Kurt did choose him, which is which is true, which is true. He says he's used to about uh, he's used to people doubting him, and he proved last night that he was better than an Olympic gold medalist, and he wants a medal of his own. He he says I feel I deserve my own gold medal, and guess who comes out? Well, the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle, and he comes to the ring. He's in street attire, and he wishes him luck. He say he has a. Basically a t-shirt and, and, and a jacket, button jacket, jeans. And he tells uh, Baron Corbin, he says, I wish you luck. Bad luck. <laughs> Hits an angle slam, does an ankle lock. He's humiliated him enough. Good for Kurt. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's funny that um, 
it's funny that uh, Kurt Angle, well, not that it's funny, but I find Kurt Angle when he's in his street clothes, when he has his T-shirt and his jeans, he he it just screams dad. He just looks like a dad. I think it was hilarious. And I should know. I look like a dad every day. Um, anyway, so he hits the ankle lock. Uh, he gets a, a proper squash on Baron Corbin, a proper, um, a proper au revoir, I guess. But we're not done there. Not done at all. Not by a long shot because some familiar piano notes resonate throughout the building. And Lars Sullivan comes out. He's back. Well, he's back. He's here. He's back because he had to go away. Because, But he comes into the ring, has a stare down with Kurt, hits the freak accident, then goes for his diving headbutt. I am so, so glad Lars Sullivan is here. Maybe not for the reasons you would expect. Because I don't... I feel, I feel like... Um, Lars was never my favorite, let's put it that way, in uh in NXT. I think he's a guy who has a great work ethic. He 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 gives it his all. He's got he's got a good character. His character work is solid. But I you know, I think he's kind of hit and miss in the ring. And I always when I when I talk about NXT on Fightful Select, Uh, back when he was there, I said, look, Lars wrestles a main roster style. He's ready for main. Let's just get him up there. Well, so I was glad when he finally got the call up. He didn't, they haven't been doing anything with him as opposed to EC3 where they just don't know what to do with him. In this case here, Lars, uh, uh, Lars suffered a panic attack and had to take some time off to recenter himself. Now, uh, mental health is... Well, to put it mildly, mental health is a bitch. And I completely empathize with what he went through. And I am extremely, 100%, completely glad that he has returned and uh, and that he's put in a position that... I mean, look at the position he was put in. Uh, got the rub from Kurt Angle. I mean, that's that's something. That has to show you that uh, they probably have some plans for him, and that's good. But I'm really glad that he's uh, that he's back on that level. I'm gonna add, and one last thing before we move on. I don't. Um, I don't. Oh, sorry, chat distracted me for a second. I do not. Um, I am not a fan of the diving headbutt. I am. I've said this many, many times, and I was sure, I was convinced that after Chris Benoit, the diving headbutt was banned from WWE. I was sure of it. Lars Sullivan started doing it in NXT, and I'm like, why is he doing this? The diving headbutt has a history of being detrimental to people. You should not be doing it. Uh, Dynamite Kid ended up in a um, ended up in a uh, wheelchair. We all know what happened to Chris Benoit. Uh, it it was part of the reasons why Daniel Bryan had to uh, had to retire that one time. But you know, I, I'm you know just the freak accident in and about itself. A big power move for for Lars would be fine. 
I am, you know, even Harley Race. Harley Race was the man who actually debuted the diving headbutt the, from the third uh, from the third rope, or the ter- top turnbuckle, I should say. Um, even he regrets it. He regrets doing it because of all the damage it's done to wrestlers over the years. Don't do it, Lars. Don't. I know it's impressive. I know it's impressive to have such a large man do that kind of stuff, but. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Anthony from Smart to Death says, uh, says I have impressively vascular forearms for a man who only exercises his voice and comedy routine. How do you know that's all I do? You don't know what I do when I'm off stream, buddy. <laughs> Um, uh, Blaine is happy that Lars made his debut. Let's see where it goes. Um, yeah, basically. What about Bigelow for the headbutt? Yeah, as well. Well, I I don't know what kind of damage it did to uh, to Bam Bam Bigelow. That was Mr. Fress that asked that. But I mean, it, it, the diving headbutt just has a terrible, terrible, terrible history of what it does on on a wrestler's body. So we're just gonna just gonna keep it. I don't like it. Next, we have Alexa Bliss in a welcome welcome back match, basically, against Bailey. So uh, the match starts off. Alexa mocks Bailey, uh, goes after her. Bliss uh, trips her up, drags her to the outside. Big right hand by Bliss on the floor. She slaps Bailey in the ring. Uh, they have a little awkward uh, sunset flip uh, spot, but uh, they recover. And Bailey hits a sunset flip powerbomb into the turnbuckles. Alexa's head, the back of her head bounced off the second turnbuckle. That could not have been comfortable. She covers Alexa, but uh, Alexa grabs the ropes. The match comes to an end with Alexa's DDT. Covers Bailey and wins as clean as a whistler. Um, I'm all for giving Alexa a strong singles push again. That's... I'm I I think she has uh, a lot to give, but uh, someone has to explain to me the value of jobbing out Bailey like that. Because you can you can make Alexa look strong. All right, let me start this over again. What makes Alexa look stronger? A a quick win, a squash win over anyone or a strong match with a big win over a big name. Now, whether you want to believe it or not, Bailey is still a big name uh, despite how she's being treated. And this really doesn't, ultimately it doesn't help Either it doesn't help boost Alexa's profile all that much, and it definitely doesn't help Bailey either. Now I get it that they have a history, you know, and Alexa's always have had Bailey's number, but come on. Come on. And been saying this for months. You know, the one thing that you have to be careful is not to pigeonhole yourself in the women's division where you only have three or four top women and that's about it and then you don't you're not building anyone you don't have 
any credible competitors to challenge them when it's time to rotate. Time to create new challengers for 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 them. Anyway, it, I don't want to get into it too much because uh, you know this is just one match, and I get that it's a uh, and I get I get that it's it's a uh, it's a gift for Alexa. It's like let this is uh, I think it's Alexa's first match since September. So you know, get her back in, get her back in the groove. I really just think they could have put her in the ring with anyone else. They, uh, they could have put her in the ring with, uh, you know, at that point, if you are if you want her to win a squash match, uh, get some local talent. You know what I mean? I I really just don't understand the value of jobbing Bailey out. And I'm going to, look, I'm going to say something that I don't like to say because I think it's kind of silly when things... But I'm going to say, look, I'm just going to say it. I really think Bailey would benefit from heading over to AEW. Yeah, I said it. There's there's something in the WWE system right now. There's someone in there, probably Vince. But there's something that is that uh, that is going against Bailey that has assassinated her character. The since uh, since going up on Maine and has just been been keeping her from reaching her full potential. I mean, I remember when she was in NXT and we were watching her. Everyone was saying, "Man, this this girl here, she's she's the female John Cena. They can push this one to the moon." Everyone loves Bailey, and not that long ago, I was watching some old uh, some old. NXT uh, card, some old takeovers. Man, the reaction she got from the audience gives you goosebumps. And I don't like to say, oh, this one should leave and go uh, to New Japan. Is it? I, because I think it's always kind of silly. It's kind of stupid. And, you know, whatever. Rest, the wrestlers can do whatever they want. And it's up to them. It's their career. It's not us as fans to decide what they want. But in this case... I mean, there's cool down periods and then there's cool down periods. You know, Becky went through a cool down period. I'd argue that ever since Bailey lost the Raw title to Alexa, which is like, what, already two years ago? There's been nothing going on. Yes, okay, the, 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 the women's titles, sure. But, I mean, look, to, look, look at what happened tonight. She's not even where was, you know, she, they didn't even talk about the team. It's like she went out for a singles match and got chewed up. I don't I like that. It's like they try stuff. They try stuff with her and then whoop. No, OK, we're done. We're going to. And she doesn't need a cooling off period after winning the women's titles and defending them like for a couple of times. I'm I've always been a big, big Bailey fan. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Kristen is telling me, oh, it's just a welcome home match. It's not that serious. Let me have my rant, please. Let me have my rant. Um, and just going through the chat here. 
Sports and Things shows how you doing. Says, I agree, uh, Warren, as would Sasha. Sasha should lead too. Hiya, Stone, by the way. Uh, apparently, Sasha is tweeting that she's not happy with WWE again. Okay. Um, Dolphin Ziggler says, Bailey versus Sasha TakeOver. Might be my favorite NXT match of all time. Look, it's up there. It's one of the best w matches. Just period. Not even women's matches. It's uh, fantastic. And Robert Larry here says, Hey, Warren, do you who do you think will be the next Becky Lynch within the women's division? You mean as a grassroots thing coming to the top? I think we're... Um, yes, and I did say grassroots, by the way, for those paying attention. Um, no, I the... Um, uh, like right now, I think, you know, people have, have Becky's back right now. And I think we'll be satisfied with that for a while. I'm of the opinion that the minute that they give Bailey something to do, people are going to jump right behind her because I will always hearken back to the, uh, to the on and off, uh, will they, won't they feud that Sasha and Bailey were supposed to have last year. That one time that Bailey snapped on Sasha, the audience exploded. They just went nuts. People want to love Bailey. That's the thing. It wouldn't be hard. Anywho, maybe I am reading too much into this, as Kristen says, but uh, I, I, I'm so fed up of with how they're treating Bailey. Is all. It's just frustrating when they have a sure thing on their hands. She just. Absolutely, she was lightning in a bottle. They brought her up and they just let it. They, you, she never, you know, she, uh, not the what, what that 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 the the Alexa Bliss stuff, the uh, kendo stick on a pole, the uh, this is your life segment. It's it just all just killed her. It just killed her. We get our first glimpse of Becky Lynch coming out with both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships draped. What? SmackDown title draped over her shoulder. The Raw title snugly around her waist. She comes to the ring and as Seth Rollins before her receives some You Deserve a Chance, she calls herself Becky Two Belts, which gets a chant from the audience and it does have a ring to it, doesn't it? Becky Two Belts. That's another, that's a good t-shirt right there. You settle down. Um, so uh, Ronnie, uh, she, she, so she says, Ronnie and Rick's daughter were talking about their resumes. And I love the fact that she called her Rick's daughter because of the little controversy, you know, or, you know, the, when, when they had appeared on ESPN, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. When the three of them appeared on ESPN before WrestleMania, they had like, uh, they had the name, uh, you know, uh, like Ronda Rousey and then like their title, Raw Women's uh, Champion or something like that. And then uh, Becky Lynch, uh, uh, the man, and, and Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter. And that sort of caused a bit of a stink, and I agree. I also understand why they did it, but I do understand that, you know, it's like, you know, she's her own person, she's her own woman, I get that. And Ric Flair even tweeted out yesterday that, you know, that from now on, you know, in his mind, he is Charlotte Flair's father, which which was very nice of him. He's such he's such a big softy though, Ric Flair. He's a big big softy, uh, and um, so the fact that Becky Lynch referenced that tonight made me giggle. She said that both of them were were 
talking about their resumes uh, and how great they are. And in comes this woman, walks in with nothing and walked out with everything. She says, I may not be the fastest, the most, the most athletic person in the company. And then she takes a pause because the, the entire audience, while she's talking, are still singing her theme, her theme song. So she continues and says, but I have a pretty good theme song, don't I? <laughs> I love that. She's very quick on her feet. I love it. Uh, she calls out Rhonda, of course, calls her a weirdo. And I love just with the, the Irish accent, the way she says weirdo. It's it's really the best. Um, uh, and uh, so she calls her a weirdo and then uh, ends her promo. It's been a couple of promos, and this is just a minor critique here. I don't know. Is this why did I do this when I was talking about minor critique? I think this is the universal symbol for universe for slight critique, just a little critique. I don't know why I did that. A slight critique. No, but I, I do have like a. It's been a two promos in a row where that she's cut and her conclusions are very abrupt, abrupt, abrupt. <laughs> she just they just come to a just come to an end very very uh flatly um so maybe she, she could just work on that and she'd be it'll be fantastic but i mean it's such a minor quibble but it just sort of <gasps> just strikes me because she's otherwise she's so because she's so good on the mic she's so natural so she ends her promo and she's about to walk out when lacey evans's music hits she does her little walk down to the ring. Becky is out of the ring. She's at the bottom of the uh, <clears throat> at the bottom of the uh, the ramp. Lacey Evans comes up and looks at her, looks at both titles. She turns around and she uncorks the women's right. Now, for those of you who don't who aren't familiar with Lacey Evans's work in NXT, her finisher is a right punch. All right. I hate punches as finishers. And Lacey Evans has one. And it's called the women's right. So essentially, she corks you with the with the right hand. You go down. It's finished. It's a pin. Uh, either that or a, uh, a coup de gras or a stomp or a spear. It's same level. But Becky no-sold it. She just turned around. She, she ate it. Turned around and... Uh, and started to proceeded to beat the hell out of uh, Lacey Evans, and Lacey Evans fought back. They fought all the way to the top uh, of the ramp. Becky even tries to land the disarmor on Evans, but Evans is able to squirm out of it. And uh, guys and gals, I am okay with this first uh, first defense feud for Becky leading into backlash. I think this is perfect. I mean, otherwise, you know, you don't go back to the well too quickly with uh, Charlotte or even Oscar at this point. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a new face. They finally gave her something to do, which is uh, instead of just walking down at impromptu moments, finally they're going to give Lacey Evans something to do, which is great. Uh, there's nothing but good stuff out of here. And I think they might work well together. I'll be it'll be interesting to see. How long has it been since Lacey Evans has actually wrestled, though? We'll see here. Um, but but we'll see. what do you, what do you guys think about Lacey Evans and, and and Becky Lynch in the chat? Let me know. Um, 
you know, Evans... Evans was always in NXT, I found, was... Um, uh, I, I thought she was good, but that she was still a little rough around the edges. But, you know, you put her in programs, it's like anything else. You you put you put these uh, any type of wrestler with wrestlers that have more experience, more skill, whatever you want to call it. You put them together in the ring uh, and they'll learn, they'll learn, they'll pick up and everyone's game then elevates. It, it's good for everyone. So, you know, I'm pretty sure, like I haven't seen any real, I, I, I didn't skim through my Twitter timeline um, regarding the, um, regarding Lacey Evans versus uh, Becky Lynch being the first feud. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are extremely disappointed about it. But I'm okay with it. Why not? You know, we, we you know we often ask for freshness, new things, right? We want new people, new faces. Well, there you go. Um, uh, Anthony and Sports and Things say it's fresh, certified fresh. Uh, CM Phil says this was a surprisingly good segment. Props to Lacey Evans. Jay King, how you doing, by the way? Says props to Lacey for fighting in heels. Dolphin Ziggler wants to know, is that a Jesus statue in the back? I have one of Jesus playing baseball with his children. I, it, it is. It is Jesus. It is a dancing Jesus. You see? He's actually, and this is actually the backdrop of, uh, of the 12 apostles in a conga line. So basically you have Jesus dancing. Kind of like he's doing the, it looks like he's doing the Carlton. Wouldn't you say the Carlton Banks? That is exactly what I have here. And something else that I have here is my official Smart to Death uh, sticker, which you can get by becoming a patron of Smart to Death. Follow the guys at uh, smarttodeath.com. Find them everywhere on social media. They're everywhere. God damn it. You can't escape them. Um... And Robert Larry adds, the WWE must improve the entire women's division in the WWE. Fresh faces to challenge Becky would be a first. Well, there's fresh faces, but there's also fresh faces that we could elevate to that status as well. You know, Ember Moon, we saw her this weekend at, at Mania. She's cleared. She'll be back. So that's good. We have Ruby Riot as well that uh, could also benefit. I mean, we're fresh faces being elevated that would be that'd be fantastic and and don't forget nikki cross look sign me up for becky lynch versus nikki cross are you kidding me are you kidding me alistair black and ricochet are next and they have decided to have a match against chad gable and bobby Roode, who cut an inset promo an inset heel promo letting us know that they are changing their attitude and they are ready to do whatever has to be done to win and finally they're turning Bobby Roode heel they should have turned him heel when he was a single guy and that would have been much more beneficial uh this was um uh this was an okay match there's a lot of back and forth to start that ends with Black hit doing the uh his sit down um between he and Gable uh, however, when they stand back up, uh, Gable uh, hits a chop right into the throat of Aleister Black. That gives him the advantage. Um, so the so Rude and Gable go uh, work Aleister over. 
however, Alistair does fight back, tags Ricochet in, and they do their combination uh, knee strike drop kick moves. Uh, Meteora by Black on the outside on Gable, followed by a springboard moonsault to Rude on the floor by Ricochet was really cool. Rude gets back in control, tags Gable in, but Ricochet fights back, boots Gable to the outside, runs the ropes, and Rude lowers the top rope. So Ricochet tumbles to the floor. Back from commercial, Gable over, overhead throws Ricochet. Gable and Rude hit a double team punch followed by a knee lift uh and uh and it's very very clear even if you hadn't heard the promo uh that uh gable and rude are clearly working as heels here ricochet hits a shotgun drop kick on gable and gets the hot tag to alistair black but it wasn't all that hot the audience wasn't really into this match combination attack leg sweep uh follows running knee lion salt on both guys covers uh, rude, but only gets two. Black avoids a roll up as the audience does the wave. Uh, he himself, um, uh, Ricochet hits a twisting suplex, covers uh, Gable, uh, covers Rude, excuse me, but Gable breaks it up. Um, Ricochet goes up top, but uh, Bobby Rude runs up to meet him. There's some shenanigans ensue that ends with Gable pushing Ricochet off the top rope who eats a spine buster by Bobby Roode, who, who covers him, but again, only gets two. Gable and Roode hit their neck breaker moonsault combination finisher thing. <laughs> they cover uh, they, they cover Ricochet, but Black breaks up the pin. Uh, Ricochet avoids a German by uh, by Gable, and I think he, he hits, does he hit a code breaker? It looked like a code breaker for the win on Chad Gable. I gotta tell you guys, uh, I th I think it's time for them to split up Alistair Black and Ricochet. Um, they, uh, you know, we we've seen them a lot since they come up on on uh, Raw and SmackDown. They've been on every show. They've won every match, or at least you know they haven't they haven't been pinned or submitted. But uh, their matches kind are kind of formulaic now, and I think they're. I think we see them as formulaic because we see them every week. Not only every week, every show. And then on top of that, we you know there were weeks that we even saw them on NXT as well. Um, I thought that they were going to split them up after Mania. I really did. Apparently, they're going to keep this team going for a while, but I don't think it's a good idea. I'm afraid people are going to get sick of them. Because right now there there's there's a lot of it's just going through the motions. And don't get me wrong, it's not something that I say with great pleasure. Because I I Alistair Black is my boy, and I love me some Ricochet. Anyway, Rude attacks uh, attacks after the match just to drive the point home that they're nasty nasty bastard heels now. And even if they did try to switch up their attitude, they're not going to win. Um, next, we have a, uh, the, the Elias segment. He says that last night his, his moment was ruined by John Cena and his rap music. <laughs> and and um, 
oh, this is a backstage segment. It's not the the in ring performance. And he says he it was it was ruined by John Cena and his and his rap music. And he says, you know, if you want to call that music, and I'm like, that sounds it sounds so 1990 as far as commenting on rap is. It it sounds it like I remember. Back then, was, you know, there were lots of people saying, well, is rap even music? It's just people talking over over, over music. It's not really music. So it really sounded old school. And, and he says that later on he's going to be performing his rock opera. And I was like, okay, that sounded funny. Next, we have uh, Dean Ambrose versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, this is being touted as Dean's last match in WWE, and it's against Bobby Lashley, who comes out. Rush has the microphone, but he's too upset. He's too upset based on what happened last night. He's way too upset. Bobby Lashley lost the title, so he can't talk. But Lashley takes the microphone, and he says, don't worry, Dean. He'll talk. He says, don't worry, Dean. When you're gone, I'll take care of your wife for you. And he gives his, his lips a lick. And Renee doesn't like that. Nobody likes that, really. But And neither does Dean. He just goes right for him. He loses it. They're in the timekeeper area. Dean is throwing chairs. The, the, he drives Bobby Lashley up the, uh, uh, up the ramp, throws him into the LED screens. He cleans off the announce table. Leo Rush distracts um, Dean Ambrose, though, and that allows Bobby Lashley enough time to recover and for to deliver a spear. And Lashley ends up urinagging. That's not an easy thing to say. Urinagging Dean through the announce table. And Renee and the refs come over to check out, to check on Dean, make sure he's okay. Thank you, Ambrose. Chance follow. When is backlash? Like I heard, I heard that Ambrose's deal was up in April. Is backlash in April? I don't know. <laughs> Next we have probably the <laughs> an early contender for the most unintentionally funny. Segments of Raw 2019 <laughs> with Broken Mojo Raleigh. Let's call him that. Broke Joe. Who's <laughs> in front of a mirror. This WrestleMania was yesterday. Where were you? And the camera pans. And he has like, he's got, um, I don't know. What, what, what would you call that? Like, like a net. He's got a network. Of uh, a network of uh, tendrils around his eyes, and the the mirror he had been cutting those promos in is now shattered. I think, I think, I think these are all signs that Mojo's lost his mind. <laughs> oh, I don't know what they're doing with that. But it just got really dumb. 
<laughs> Bob Ruski, how you doing? He says, Broke Joe as well. Mr. Fred says, Ascension Mojo. <laughs> Solomon Crojo. <laughs> oh, I can't. I this. I'm at a point right now as far as Mojo Raleigh goes. This thing here tonight. Now I'm interested, but for all the wrong reasons. I am just ready to have a blast laughing at it. Um. Next, we have Sami Zayn, who returns to WWE. I had posited was why did they not wait just one week and have him come back in Montreal? Have him have the hero's welcome. Well, found out towards the end why. Uh, he comes to the ring. He says, my schedule is wide open. I know it's hard to believe. I just come back, but I would, I could go for a match right now. Anyone in the back want to come and fight? Sami Zayn? Anyone want to come in and like give Sami Zayn a fight? I'm ready for it. Really cool. He comes back, ready for a fight. I missed Sami Zayn. I really did. I really do. And it's Finn Balor who answers this challenge. Intercontinental champion wearing the blue tights. What do you guys think? Is he going to SmackDown? There's a lot of rumors that with the superstar shakeup next week, that Finn Balor is going to end up on SmackDown. I don't know what you folks think. If you ask this boy... I think it's the best thing to do he's been on raw way too long and there are people over there on uh on smackdown live that could that he hasn't fought yet <clears throat> we could have some fantastic matches of course if they all end up switching brands then it's it, it's moot point right but uh no i i definitely dig that uh so basically we have a match and it's for the ic title there's some back and forth to start some takedowns and grappling sammy gets tossed around Finn, uh, uh, Finn, uh, Finn tosses uh, Sammy to the outside. He runs for the dive, but uh, Sammy, uh, Sammy avoids it. Sammy himself goes for a dive. Finn Dodd uh, moves out of the way on the outside. So, so instead of actually diving through to the floor, Sammy springs springboards off the top rope and, and busts a move. There's uh, some more arm work, and Sammy is in control. Some chops. From uh, uh, on Finn, uh, an Irish uh, he Irish whips Finn into the ropes, but Finn connects with the basement drop kick. Double stump by Finn follows. Sammy does his uh, rope walk, but Finn dodges it, and Sammy eats an overhead kick. Back from commercial, Finn avoids a blue thunder bomb. He runs the ropes, and then he eats a blue thunder bomb. Uh, Sammy seems surprised to have hit it, which is weird. But covers Finn and uh, and gets, uh, but Finn kicks out at 2.9. Finn gets back up, hits a shotgun drop kick. The coup de grace is missed as Sammy rolls out of the way, who instead hits an exploder suplex into the turnbuckle. Goes for the haluva kick, which Finn moves out of the way from. And he hits, he hits the coup de grace for the win. Welcome back, Sammy. And Sammy's in the ring, he's alone, he's disappointed. And he says, you know, I really thought that this would cure what ails me. But all it did was reinforce what I've realized over the last nine months. It genuinely seems like you missed me. The audience is 
does uh, reciprocate. But I can honestly say, this is Sammy talking, of course. I can honestly say that I did not miss any of this or any one of you. So it turns out that WWE is a toxic environment and it's not because of the people backstage. It's because of this audience and your ugliness. So yes, folks, Sami Zayn cut a you people promo. Your lives are meaningless. You only get joy out of beating, being critics because it's the only thing that gives you any sense of self-importance, which is true because that's basically what I do. And if I didn't have this, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't, honestly, I don't have a personality outside of what I do here. <laughs> it says, none of you have the balls to look inside yourself. Sami Zayn is going to come out here each and every week and hold each and every one of you accountable. <laughs> and then he ends his promo saying, see you in hell. And he drops his mic and he walks away. Uh, I posited on on Twitter that uh, Sammy should uh, should with the superstar shakeup should end up on SmackDown Live or at least on the same show as Daniel Bryan, and they should form a stable. I mean, this is this the only thing that really irked me. Like, if they okay, let me start over. I'm trying to say seven things at once, and that's not how language works. The the main thing that bugged me about this promo is how similar it sounds to Daniel Bryan. Because it's the same intention. Sammy feels superior. He feels above the audience for very ethical reasons, right? Um, so if they don't merge Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn together into a group, well, we're going to get two very similar types of heels on both brands or anyway. It, it would make much sense for if, if this is the character that they want to roll with regarding Sami Zayn to put him with Brian and have have a nice little trio going. I really I, I, I'd really like that. Uh, so there we go. I'm just going to check here in the chat. Uh, Maven Glean, how you doing, by the way? I'm calling it now with the You People promos. He joins Daniel Bryan as, uh, a part as, uh, uh, as a part of what I'm calling a club, the Planets Club. And J.S. Brown, how you doing now? Also says the Planeteers, which is also pretty funny. <laughs> the Planeteers, I like that name. So there we go. Angry ginger vegan, says Bob Ruski. Next, we go backstage and we have Dana Brooke who wants to make a declarative statement. Dana Brooke wants to make a declarative statement. That is, is Ronda Rousey writing her promos now? Jesus. What wrestler comes up and says, hey, did you read my communique? I have a few notes here on my scroll. <laughs> oh! But basically, you know, she says that she wants to angle herself into position. And I'm okay with this. I think it's good. There's still a groundswell of support for Dana Brooke. 
and good on WWE if they're keeping their ear to the ground and seeing where they where this goes. But they have to. Dana's promo work just needs a little more. She, it has to come off as more natural. Like she just, it just comes across like she's reading her, uh, like she's like she's reading text. There's there's some work to be done there, but I mean that's all right. Now Elias is out, and he says that John Cena robbed him of an Elias mo uh, robbed us all of an Elias moment again this year. And he says John Cena is writing his coattails because of his stupid rap music. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, I was 100% sure, 100% sure that Elias was going to dig deep with his guitar. And I thought that he was going to pull out this, this old tune from the West Texas Rednecks right here. It's time for the debut of I Hate Rap. That's right. a parody in itself all right i really thought he was gonna pull that one out and that would i would have popped hard but but he, instead he you know he says i'm gonna do a rap myself you know since he's in brooklyn he says i'm gonna you know i'll do a rap here it's not that hard of course that it gets booze nonetheless but you know pulling yeah I, pulling out that one would have been fantastic i really would have uh, i would have loved that uh, rest in peace kurt henning thank you for that um, so, uh, so he's, so basically he perform he performs a rap and thugonomic style. I like the line where he says, uh, where he does the holding up three fingers, John Cena, this one is for you. And he says, the next man to interrupt me is a dead man. Wink, wink. Of course, then what happens? Well, we chew up 15 minutes of, uh, of raw with Undertaker coming to the ring. I'm, I, I'm being, it was fine. It was fine. I'm, you know, it was okay, but this is okay. The Undertaker go, eventually gets to the ring does. And then he, uh, uh, Elias tries to slink away at first, but then he's like, you know what? No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Undertaker, you know, I'm going to try. He, he takes his gear off and he's like, and, and he, he he goes to attack Taker, but he eats a boot instead, a choke slam and tombstone. That's it. Look, <clears throat> Elias. Elias, his his entire character works really, really well. Um because of because of his uh, self-imbue his self-importance, right? So to have him be on uh, on WrestleMania and having a segment with John Cena. Then the very next night with Undertaker, uh, management really like him. I mean, there's no two ways about it. These are these are big time moments that he's getting. And they just don't do it with anyone. So good for him. Good for him. 
There's a lot of. There's a lot of people. There were there, are there really some people who didn't realize that uh, this was actually a song from WCW back in the day? Yeah, well, back when it was Master P and the No Limit Soldiers who were invading W. Well, they weren't invading, but they were a part of WCW and the. Uh, here's the funny thing. Here's the, fu- the uh, quick quick side note here. Um, Master P and who was a rapper back in the nineties, for those of you who might not remember or know, it's not as if his career was all that extensive. Um, he he had joined uh, WCW and was actually a talent. He would actually wrestle, um, and he had been brought in, and they were baby faces. And Kurt Hennig had a had a stable of wrestlers called the West Texas Rednecks, which included Bobby Duncan Jr. and couple of other guys. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. Probably Barry Windham. Um, and uh, and they were cowboys, you know, and they were the heels in this situation. But what, what WCW failed to completely grasp here was listen to their, or understand who their audience was because WCW was rooted in the South and a lot of the audience were, well, you know, white dudes. Um the whole rap thing, they didn't care for it much. So when when they when the West Texas Rednecks did the I Hate Rap song, it was meant to be a heel thing, but it actually caught on and it became really, really popular. And uh and they actually did like radio station tours. It caught on really, really well. They even have footage of I think we saw it in the clip there. You had footage of the guys in a tour bus, you know, going around performing the song. And most of the guys couldn't play instruments. <laughs> That's the funniest thing. You know, Kurt Hennig, God bless him, uh, did the vocals, but he wasn't much of a singer himself either. So that that was a that was a funny story. So there we go. Uh, was Barry Windham and Kendall. And Virgil was in the West Texas Rednecks too, Chad? Really? But I'm right on Bobby Duncan Jr., right? Or was it just uh, Barry and Kendall? Anyway, all right. That's fine. It was just an anecdote anyway. We're on to the main event now. Seth Rollins versus Kofi Kingston. Starts off hot. The crowd is into this. And why wouldn't you be into this? Rollins takes Kofi down with a headlock. Um, followed, uh, He runs the ropes. Kofi leapfrogs, hits his spinning back elbow. And they start reversing out of their finishers. The crowd gets excited. Back from commercial, Seth and Kofi trade some strikes. Kofi does a springboard off the top rope. And Seth drop kicks him out of the air. The stomp is reversed into a pin for two. Kofi DDTs Seth and covers him again for two. Seth gets tossed to the outside, but then the bar appear out of nowhere and go after Kofi, which forces the DQ. I guess Kofi Kingston wing wins. And... Uh, so, so they 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 start beating him up, but Seth comes in and starts helps Kofi out, and the the champs 
fight off uh, fight off Sheamus and Cesaro. And then holla holla playa playa, we get a tag team match, an impromptu tag team match. And Seth says, Kofi, we'll finish this another time to instant booze from the audience. And we have ourselves Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins versus The Bar then. And the crowd is not into this. They chant bullshit on this with reason. Of course it's bullshit. Sheamus slams Kofi into the barricade. Um, they they hit the, the bar hit a double team backbreaker. Uh, Seth eventually fights uh, fights out of uh, uh, fights away from the bar and gets the hot tag to Kofi. Comes in with some chops on Sheamus, a drop kick, flying clothesline, hits his double leg drop. But the audience is not reacting to this like they should be because the air has been taking out, taken out of the room at this point. Sheamus ducks the, um, the trouble in paradise, but the SOS connects. Cesaro is in to break up the pinfall attempt. The bar on the outside and they catch the Kofi trust dive, but Sith hits a suicide dive onto everyone. Back in the ring, um, uh, let me see here. Okay, back in the ring, uh, the uh, ref is distracted and Cesaro gets back in control. Assisted backs, uh, an assisted backslam happens, but Seth tackles Cesaro into the pin to break it up. Rollins super kicks Sheamus on the outside and posts him. Meanwhile, Kofi gets caught in the uh, into the position for a big swing by Cesaro, but he reverses it into a cradle for two. And after he hits the trouble in paradise on Cesaro, followed by the stomp by Seth, who covers him and wins. Yeah, the crowd didn't take kindly to this, and honestly, neither did I. I thought it was dumb. I thought it was a super, super dumb move. And I get it. It's like, it's a swerve, bro. I get it. But, um, I like, I don't understand. I do not understand how they thought that setting up a, a match that naturally people would be super excited to see off of last night, the two f- fan favorite champs, fighting each other or unifying the belts. Look, I I knew that they weren't, that neither man was going to drop their strap to the other tonight, uh, the, immediately after on Monday. I knew there were shenanigans that were going to be ins- inserted into this. At some point it was like, hmm, we haven't seen Roman all night. Hmm, perhaps. Do I dare, do I dare think that perhaps a heel turn is imminent? No, no, it wasn't, but... Like I thought it would set up a feud. Someone, someone would come in to uh, uh, to beat them up, and you know we'd have new established feuds. Maybe Daniel Bryan would run in, but we'd at least get a match out of Seth and Kofi. But we got we got this instead, and yeah, I mean, like I said, I get it, and I know, I know we wouldn't the result of uh, having a winner-take-all, we would have never gotten to it regardless. But this was a really weird way and a very bullshit way to do it. The audience was right to call it out and it took the air out of the place. Uh, It was not main event worthy. It was not 
worthy of, uh, of the appreciation and love that the audience had for has for Seth and uh, and Kofi. It was a weird way to finish an overall entertaining episode of Raw. I had a good time with it. Uh, not as surprise-filled as some other editions of the Raw After Mania have been, which is fine, which is fine. Um you know, before before the show started, I had tweeted out, you know, because everyone was like, oh, I hope, you know, call ups, you know, I hope Velveteen Dream is there. And I came right out and I hope I hope there are no NXT call ups. Tonight, because um, because, they, you know, there's Alistair, there's Alistair and Ricochet that are doing really, really well right now. Um, and there's EC3, Lacey Evans at that point and Heavy Machinery. That they're they don't even know what they're doing with anymore. I would even start. I would even argue that I uh, to toss Nikki Cross into that that crew as well. After what you know, jobbing her out last night at the Women's Royal Rumble like that. Pretty sure they don't know what to do with uh, Nikki Cross either at this point. But we'll see tomorrow. But now Lacey Evans has something to do, which is good. Uh, EC3 still in limbo. Heavy Machinery is still very iffy. That's I like. You know, they won a couple of matches, but. You can tell the the uh, bit gra- uh, they're they're clasping at straws. So let them get, let them figure out what they're doing with the call-ups that they have already before calling anyone else up. And then, uh, of course, you know, then on top of that, tonight Lars Sullivan's come back. We're fine. We're fine. And I, so like I said, you know, maybe not as shocking or as surprising as some other instances as of the uh, Raw after WrestleMania. But I still thought it was a good show. I still thought it was. Uh, I still thought it was a good show. So there we go. So guys, um, there. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this one up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put this. Uh, put this on and finish it off. <laughs> I'm glad you, you 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 all took the time to come in live here tonight. Thank you everyone once again for joining joining me live and if you're watching this on your own leisure over on youtube.com slash mr warren hayes or on your favorite podcast platform well i appreciate that a great deal as well remember to come back tomorrow evening tomorrow tuesday 10 30 p.m eastern right here on youtube.com slash mr warren hayes for my live smackdown live (laughs) recap show uh so there you have it thank you all very much for popping in and i will see you next time